0: What is the truth truth, about rock music? Music is a powerful and perhaps the most powerful medium in the world. Music. Plato said, when the music of a society changes, the whole society will change. Aristotle, a contemporary of Plato, said when music changes, there should be laws to govern the nature and the character of that music. Lennon said the
1: best and the quickest way to undermine any society is through its music.
0: Music, ladies and gentlemen, is the gift of God. It was given by man to offer praises to God and to lift us up to him and to exalt him. And so we think touched at tender recesses of our heart and of
1: our mind. Satan has taken music and he has counterfeited it, convoluted it, twisted it, exploited it. And now he's using the hammer, 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 hammer of in the mind of the lifestyle.
2: This episode of It Will Probably Be Okay was recorded on September 22nd, 2020.
0: Music is a powerful and perhaps the most powerful medium in the world. It has... The near universality of mathematics and the heart and the soul of each and every culture that participates in it. Today, on It Will Probably Be Okay, a genius, a buffoon, and a storyteller get the hell out of our way so that our intrepid hosts can share the songs that mean something to them. i Gabe Wallenberg, and I'm your only friend. I'm not your only friend, but I'm a little glowing friend, but really, I'm not actually your friend. I'm not, but I am.
2: I'm Nikonik, and I am a former emo kid.
0: And I have shocked Nakenji straight off the internet. <laughs> She's like, what is that moral majority bullshit? I'm out of here.
1: I don't know what to say. I want it to relate to music. I want it to relate to music. Hi, I'm the Kenji and I like music.
0: Beautiful. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> that was amazing. I like turtles. Oh. <laughs> uh. So before we get on to the matter at hand, it's time for mini topics. What's the little birdhouse in your soul, guys?
1: I I, I wanna go first. I wanna go first. Go I wanna for go it. first. I just moved to a new apartment and when I first came to America, what struck me was drywall and cream brick. And the red brick. By the end of my first year, I fucking hated seeing red brick. (laughs) And now I have moved into an apartment that it doesn't have the brick, but everything is fake. Uh (laughs) What do I, I mean? I mean, as I'm walking through the apartment, I miss like my old apartment had wood floors, and I miss the give of the wood. I don't know how to explain how wood gives in a way that concrete with the full wood paneling thing doesn't, but it does. The doors aren't real wood. They're like, they're not even, what is that, laminate? stuff it's yeah. metallic when i hit it the door jams are metallic so it's it looks like wood but it ain't all fake and i am i am trying because i like this i'd like to spend at least two years here i'm trying to not let that become like a bee in my bonnet <laughs> every time i walk across the floor i'm like this wood has this has no give oh wait it's not wood or like I'm putting my key into the lock and it accidentally hits the door jam and it clangs and my brain is like, mm-hmm. it's "Not supposed to clang."
0: <laughs> I mean, you're preaching to the choir here. I live in a almost 160 year old farmhouse, so like, yeah, I I appreciate, or I sure as hell better goddamn learn to appreciate the gently <laughs> sloping bare wood floors. But I've I've done my time in apartment life as well. And then there's something to be said about not having a lawn to mow.
1: Oh, I, I, that, that is something I looked for. I looked at duplexes and I was just absolutely not. I am not doing lawn care and I'm not doing snow removal. I refuse. Ain't doing it. Nope.
2: That's the best. Yeah. Not doing snow removal is the best part of apartment living by far. <laughs> Does anybody live above or below you?
1: I have, uh, there's a floor above me, but I haven't heard anything from yet. I live in a former 55 and up uh, apartment building. Oh. oh, so. So, they're all quiet.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Very quiet. And in fact, as I was sharing the other day, the thought crossed my mind. Why did the last person move out? Did they die?
0: <laughs> I mean, they don't have to tell you that. <laughs>
1: And I just thought of it. I was just like, "Oh, why is this place vacant?"
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: All right, take Gertie's body out of here. We gotta got a new person moving in,
1: right? <laughs> uh
0: huh. Sunshine cleaners, my friends. Sunshine yes. <laughs> cleaners. Nick, you got anything?
2: Yeah. Um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the best ice cream I've ever had. When I was in Las Vegas for a friend's bachelor party several years ago, I had heard about this place called Milk Bar. I ended up being very intrigued by what they called cereal milk ice cream. So I, I ended up getting it. It was outrageously good. I went back the next day. I got it again. This time I got it as a um, shake instead of just like a cone of ice cream. It was, again, excellent. That was probably about 2 years ago and then recently thanks to the this wonderful pandy I realized like I have an ice cream maker and it would probably be easy enough to go online and find a recipe to make this stuff myself so I did I made it my wife said this might be the best ice cream I've ever had in my life the first time she tried Ooh. it and now I got you know I've, I've probably made Six or seven batches. I got another in the fridge today, ready to be churned tomorrow. So cereal milk ice cream, if you're ever by the milk bar or um, if you have your own ice cream maker, um, look into this. It's it's pretty damn good. Is it what it
0: sounds like it is? It's exactly like, is it- what it sounds like. Yeah,
2: so like basically what you do is you take milk and heavy cream and sugar and then you pour a bunch of cornflakes in and you leave it overnight. And then you strain out the cornflakes and you turn on your ice cream maker. And 20 minutes later, you have this awesome ice cream. You
1: strain out the cornflakes?
2: Yeah, you get those bad guys out of there. You wouldn't have to. Well, so what I do, actually, my my adjustment to this recipe is (laughs) I actually take fresh cornflakes. And once the ice cream is solid, I put those in the mix, too. The, The texture, doing it this way, is just amazing.
0: I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm literally salivating right now. Like,
2: I need to get. Need our, to get we it. need a break. <laughs> I will. I will send the recipe.
0: <laughs> so, what's the turnaround on that? Like, thirty-six hours?
2: I do about twenty-four in the in the fridge, just kind of letting that that cereal flavor come off the the flakes and into the milk, and then then it's it's good to go. How do the boys like it? They love it. Yeah, I bet they love everything.
0: So yeah, <laughs> everything well, except, like that, except McGriddle.
1: You know, now that you mention it, I love ice rum and raisin ice cream. And in fact, I had that for breakfast and for lunch this, this weekend because it was things weren't going too great. And I can only find Haagen-Dazs with rum and raisin. And rum mm. and raisin is like a flavor that I grow with in Barbados. And now that you mention it, I'm like, I could like try to make my own.
2: Yeah, just buy just buy one of these things. And it's super easy. I mean, it hardly takes any time.
0: I feel like we're witnessing some sort of hipster evolution. We're not making (laughs) we're not making beer anymore.
1: Let's be honest.
0: We never really made avocado toast, but no, no, right? Bespoke cereal ice cream sounds like
1: (laughs) the jam.
0: Now, Michelle,
2: her favorite cereal is cinnamon toast crunch, so mm-hmm. I did it for her with that one time too, and it just kind of came out very cinnamon. And then my favorite cereal is um, Lucky Charms, so I did it one time with Lucky Charms. I don't think that turned out as well, and I, and I think my favorite is just the cornflakes. Like it's just such a classic flavor. But yeah, I, I still feel like I have a lot of opportunity for trying out different stuff too.
0: Yeah, the marshlets get in the way of the of the. Lucky Charms mix, I yes. think, but like I'm, I'm game for like tricks or <laughs> Fruit Loops, but I'm so German, like I, some of those have too much flavor for me. So I'm thinking Rice Krispies.
1: That would actually be good if you could still get the pop.
0: Yeah, I think it would be good. Yeah, it would be this sort of vaguely toasted rice tasting ice cream would be really good. <laughs> oh
2: my god! Maybe when I'm like when I'm like seventy five, I'll be making Raisin Brand ice. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: ah, Mueslix brand, I, Mueslix cream.
1: <laughs> Yum.
0: Grape nuts. I tricked a friend of mine into eating a bowl of duck food once, telling him it was grape nuts. <laughs>
1: Ew.
0: That's a different story for a different time. Maybe you could do duck food ice cream.
1: <laughs> oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. Don't give any of our listeners
0: Awesome. Well, thank you for, for sharing, Nick. I have... Only a a short recommendation today, and it's of the uh, other media you might consider consuming uh, uh, portion. September 19th, because I don't know when this will get published. September 19th came out with a new episode of You Are Not So Smart. This new one talks about what to expect and how the vaccine is being handled. When they started the research, they're like, we're just going to write another tribalism piece about how it's us versus them and they're the good guys and we're the bad guys. And he says, and it doesn't turn out, it turns out it's not working that way this time. The drug companies who are notably better at marketing than politicians are like, no, we actually have a plan for not politicizing our product. And in fact, they are going around hiring and consulting with Professional communicators who are good at explaining science to lay people. Oh. Who among us hasn't had that argument with the TV? Totally. Like saying, no, oh, just, just stop. You're confusing them. Just give me it. Them piggies and bunnies, man. I just needed them piggies and bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> I want to celebrate the return of the valued communications specialist. Yes. Have we turned a corner?
1: No. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. It's not that. It's
0: just one thing.
1: Yeah. i mean, listening. In the end, they need people to to actually get the vaccine, so it works out to their benefit. But, I mean, we aren't going to see the end of this until the government decides that, you know, maybe communicators. Who was the communications department that just got outed as, the guy who was in the same dep- NIH with Dr. Fauci, and and he was the he was the blogger who was basically oh yes talking Yes. I mean <laughs> the jokes he was write trashing Fauci
2: yeah yes
1: the jokes write themselves but I just <laughs> saw an, an onion an onion post on Twitter where they weren't satirizing anything. It was reality. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think I think writing for the onion is probably maybe one of the hardest jobs right now.
0: <laughs> because you like can
2: God only take it so far yeah. over the top. Yeah. But like God bless those people.
0: Yeah.
1: That's why we need music, man.
0: Professional communications. Are they ready for a comeback?
1: Don't call it a comeback. I could put it in a song. This
0: week, for our topic at hand, I asked my colleagues to give us the three songs that are balm for their soul, the songs that make them feel good, bad, or whatever. And for example, I um, used as my example, and this is Take note, guys. This is how you add an extra pick. My example was to go with Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah.
1: Now I've heard there was a secret chord that David played, and it pleased the Lord. But you don't really care for music, do you? It goes like this. The fourth, the fifth, the minor fall, the major the battle king composing hallelujah.
0: Now the thing I love about this song is my family uh, in particular have always been fans. But when this song really entered my world, it was when Kate McKinnon sang it after the 2016 election and what I think was one of her final appearances as Hillary Clinton.
1: I heard there was
0: a secret chord that David played and it pleased the
2: Lord, but you don't really care for music, do you? Well, it goes like this the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall and the major lift. The baffled king composing hallelujah. hallelujah.
0: It was just such an amazing cold open for Saturday Night Live and such a, a weird, painful time in America that, like, I can listen to either version of that song right now and just find it maybe not inspiring. Even if it's really about everything going wrong, it's just a song that makes me calm and collected and grateful. And that's what I love about it. So that's my example of what we're going to be doing today.
1: Can I just say that that song, I don't know that version. I assume he's the original, but the version I know was featured in the OC as a soundtrack. And ever since then, I've loved that song. But it makes me cry, and it's always for those pivotal sad moments in movies and TV shows.
2: There's a lot of covers of that (laughs) song. There's a lot of covers.
0: There are. This is going to be complicated because we really do have very, very, with one notable collision, eclectic tastes between the three of us.
1: Let's start with the, the collision.
0: We can start with the collision. Nick, would you like to introduce the collision? It must be the whole study, right? Correct.
1: What the hell is the whole
2: study? The the whole study is my favorite band. I've seen them in concert 24 times now. And they are just they're a, a rock and roll band, like a throwback to a bygone era. Just rock music, bar band style. And I actually I picked this song. It's called How a Resurrection Really Feels. I picked this song because it's my favorite song by my favorite band. And also, I have a group of close friends that really, my, my closest friends right now, we really kind of came together around going to um, see concerts and specifically Hold Steady concerts. With that group of people, we've traveled to Cleveland, to Minneapolis, to, to Chicago, to Madison um, to see this band. So they're really important to me. The lyrics, even though they're a rock band, the, the lyrics are a little more thought-provoking and wittier than a lot of what you might hear on the radio. Um, and they're very steeped in thinking deeply about religion, but the, the band is obviously not religious. So yeah, it's my favorite band. <laughs>
1: Guess I cut her holly, but if
0: she's scared you, then she's sorry, she's been stranded at these parties. These parties they start lovely, but they get truggy and they get ugly and they get bloody. The princess kinda
1: laughed, the deacon
0: cut a draft. Now, let me just throw in here. This album, which is called Separation Sunday, is a concept album that tells a whole story. And that's when I fell in love with this band, mm, Nick. Sure. Craig Finn tells these poetic short stories about confused and lost kids growing up in suburban Minneapolis <laughs> that resonated so true to my own childhood, because he and I are pretty much the same age, that I was just like, this is this is an incredible band and an incredible album. And, and for years, I was terrified that they were a Christian band. <laughs> <laughs> like I was afraid to tell people like, I oh, don't know, am I into Slayer? Am I into the indie rock version of Slayer? But I have since come to really appreciate a lot of their other work as well. But for my money, yeah, this is the best song on their, I'm not gonna say their best album, but one of their most interesting albums. If you didn't go with how our resurrection really feels, I would have gone with your little, little uh, hood. Red friend
1: journey. makes me sick. But after I get sick, I just get sad. Cause the being broke. Hearts to be heartbroken. And always being both must be a drag. She's been calling me.
2: Again. And I would also just like, just a quick aside since, you know, this is kind of like a storytelling episode. So after I would seen them like about 19 times, I went to see them and they were playing Summerfest. I had seen them the night before in Chicago. I went to see them at Summerfest and we got there early so we could be right in the in the front and at one point I went to grab some beers and they were actually sitting at the merch tent signing autographs I hadn't met Craig the lead singer before and I went and you know it's it was one of those things where it's like do you really want to meet your heroes like is it really a good idea like but I I figured I had to take this opportunity. So I went up and I, I introduced myself. I told him how big of a fan I was and everything like that. And he he was very receptive to it. He talked to me. It was really cool. And I was kind of standing around waiting for the other guy's autograph. And he actually called me back over by name. He's like, hey, Nick, can you come back over here? And he took a picture of him and I on his phone. And then he posted it to Twitter and was like, hey, I met Nick. It's his 19th show. It's always great to meet our fans or, so, or something like that. It was amazing. So then during... The set, I was right in the front, and I actually think it was during Your Little Hood, Red Friend, where there's this kind of slow musical part where he often, he'll talk during it. And he actually was like, yeah, tonight I met Nick. We always meet really cool people. He's right down here rocking out, and he like pointed at me from the stage. It was it was like the best thing that ever happened to me as a music fan. So, you know, I can't
0: I can't hear that band and, and not love them. Yep, I was hoping you'd tell that story. Mackenzie, would you like to tell us about placebo
1: placebo is just uh, see you guys have these connections and for me it's this song is just the song that i discovered oc had the oc had one of the best playlists for shows Mm -hmm. soundtracks for shows i discovered so many great bands but the thing about me is like, I don't listen to bands. I listen to songs mm. and I always want to be the person who's like, yeah, I listened to their entire album. But the truth is, is like, I have no idea why the other dang fucking songs <laughs> were. There are very few, like, I think Rihanna, I might listen to an entire album. Beyonce was like the first time I ever listened to an entire album. Licky Lee, a Swedish singer was uh, like, I listened to her entire album and I can do it over and over again. And then back in the day, DMX, Thesh my flesh blood my blood I could listen to the album repeatedly Ricky martin L- live in la vida loca that that album but very few that I'm consistently like yeah I know more than one song from this person so I don't know another song from placebo I might because of pop culture but I can't think of it off the top of my, my head. And in fact, when I was looking for this song, I knew, knew the name of the song and I had to listen to figure out which cover was the, the right one. <laughs> and I love this song because it's always played during a highly dramatic moment in a TV show or movie. There's usually some sort of uh, overcoming of conflict and it's just a beautiful, rich moment in time. And whenever I come across it in my playlist when I'm listening, I always feel like yeah i don't know why and so i have this feeling and they especially when they talk about um running up that hill that like just that line sometimes like i will cry just like imagining just like whatever the moment is like getting to the end in the finish line and so that's why i really really like this song i like when it pops up in my playlist i won't like play on purpose but every time it does pop up like, I have to play it over and over again. It doesn't hurt me, uh-huh. you want to feel how it feels. Uh-huh want to know
0: wow that's know. really good that's haunting i've never right? heard it before but yeah i never have either
1: oh really ah, yes
0: <laughs> that's really good and i mean no shade no lemonade like the oc soundtrack legit absolutely 100 yeah totally. didn't they have the horrible theme song yeah,
2: Driving in the sun, looking up for number one California, here we come, right back where we started from. Well, hustles grab your c- to shadow is a ton. Driving down the 101 California, here we come. Right back where we started
0: from California, California. Yeah, a planet. yeah, yeah. Like- that made
2: that was a little cringy, but the rest of it, yeah, totally good. I just wanted to respond to something you said, Nakenji. When I was growing up actually, I, I never liked full records by bands either. And I always actually thought I had come up with a hack because rather than buying full records of bands, I would buy soundtracks. Because then you wouldn't have to listen to a whole album from one band. You'd have a <laughs> soundtrack from a movie of like ten or twelve different bands. So yeah, definitely early on in my music fandom, I was definitely a soundtrack guy.
0: Oh, yeah. And so 1990, uh, 95, 96, I'm a college DJ. Back then it was like radio stations were coming online that were playing like not hair metal
1: bands.
0: (laughs) However, I am going to transition now into my next pick. And I'm going to play it first and then we'll talk about it. This is a sample from Leonard Skinner's Simple Man. There is someone Listen, I know what you're thinking. Leonard Skinnerd Gabe, really? But hear me out. I don't actually like Leonard Skinnerd. I mean, they're okay. I grew up in Jefferson County, Wisconsin. I have to have been exposed to that. <laughs> but this song, I never really even knew <laughs> until I performed it with a group of new friends at a party. And I've never heard the song the same since. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so this group of people got together at the house of a of a man who has performed, learned, and forgotten more songs than I will ever know. He plays folk music and goes around and does the carnivals and the circuits, you know. And sure. and and he's there, and all of his instruments are in this this lounge that we're hanging out at his at his house. And I'm there with two really good friends and Jennifer and two kind of okay friends that I didn't know. And one of that okay friend who I didn't really know is husband, who I really liked a lot. And I'd met a few times, but like we weren't like super close or anything. This kid was just back from Iraq and had the world on his shoulders, just was carrying so much trouble. And he picked up the guitar and we were just kind of noodling around. And he says, "Hey, can I play a song?" And the, we're like, "Oh, hell yeah, play a song!" It's like, I mean, I don't really know it; it might not be good, but like, this is a song that's really important to me because it got me through Iraq. And we're like, "Holy shit, yeah, play it!" As he so he sits down, he picks up the guitar and just starts plucking through it, and so good. And then he starts singing. And his voice is carrying it amazingly. And then his wife starts to shake a maraca because we're sitting there with all these instruments, right? And then the, one of the other people, so now there's a maraca, he's playing. Somebody else picks up like a little hand drum and starts along with it. And other people start picking up more instruments. And all of a sudden, we're doing this really bizarre tribal folk, filk version. Of this Leonard Skinner song. <laughs> and it's one of seven moments in my life where I wish I could go back and just sure. watch because that was that was amazing. That was like one of those moments where you're just like, this is special and I'll, it, well, I'll never recapture it. Now that song is with me forever. Sure. <laughs> and it's not a song I love, but it is a song that I love.
1: Totally oh, get it.
0: Leonard Skinner, and I'm embarrassed, but I love it. Nick, I think you're up with your Arcade Fire pick. Ah,
2: okay, cool. The song, I, I think that like if you had to, if I had to come up with a song that I loved, that like Michelle also loves as much as I love, so like cumulatively, the song that we've love we love and listen to most, it would be this song, Arcade Fire. Um, is an indie rock band from Montreal by way of Texas. And they they really have this amazing ability with... They're all multi-instrumentalists, male and female members of the band that sing. The lead singer and one of the women in the band are a husband and wife. But there's eight of them. If you see them live, they're switching instruments all throughout the concert. And they just write these anthemic... Powerful, sometimes beautiful, sometimes haunting songs, and I think of all their songs, this song called "Neighborhood Number One Tunnels" actually the first song on their first record ever, "Funeral," almost as like a mission statement for the band, just accomplishes something so beautiful and so wonderful. And I remember early on when when I fell in love with the band. I, I don't think necessarily Michelle was really connecting with any of the tracks or that specific track. And then we we watched a video of them playing the song and just seeing the intensity that they perform with and just the, the tons of people, all these people playing these different instruments. It's just an amazing thing. Had the chance to see them now a couple times both times we got lucky enough and they played this song I think their greatest masterpiece is probably a record that came out a couple after this one called "The Suburbs," which you know, Gabe, you talked about the whole study kind of like defining or like you drawing parallels to your youth and and Separation Sunday. For me, it's "The Suburbs" and Arcade Fire. It, this album is is deeply critical of of the suburban lifestyle, but but there's also something so like resonant and familiar about it as well. And it actually did win the Grammy for like the best album of the year that year. Yeah,
0: I remember. I remember that album. Uh, I remember listening to that album and, and, and appreciating it, but also recognizing even then, like, this wasn't for me, right? This isn't about me. Right, <laughs> like, right. Definitely yeah. a generation after mine. So, and yeah, amazing. that's uh, that's a song we love. Nakenji. S- Schoolboy Q.
1: So... I had never listened to Schoolboy Q and honestly, Spotify is so helpful in terms of music discovery for me. It does it. And like, I get how other people love other platforms, but this does it for me in a way that I just cannot, I cannot do without. And that's why I pay a subscription every month. Mm-hmm. So I'm in college in Milwaukee spending late nights. Like I'd stay up until like 3am in the, in the building working on my thesis. And then I discovered this song. And I played it on repeat for weeks. Every day, I'd sit down, start working on my thesis, and I'd play this song, and there's another Schoolboy Q song. And I'd play it on repeat until I got sick of it, and then switch to the other song, and then play it on repeat until I got (laughs) sick of it, and switch back. And it makes me feel like it's a, a hype feeling it feels a bit like if i'm at a party but also like if i'm just vibing with the mood like whatever the mood is and i love the mood that this is giving out and i'll just be i learned the lyrics because i listen to it for so much and it just means a lot to me so like whenever i hear it now i just think about being in grad school and getting finishing my thesis and worrying about the next phase and i'm like shit i'm in the next phase so <laughs> that's bad for me
2: Yeah 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 girls everywhere to ass hands in the
1: air so party over here checking for
0: the man of the yeah oh met man of the yeah met man at the bucks crazy girls everywhere to ass hands in the air so party over here checking for the man, a year. man, man a of the yeah oh
1: met man of the yeah met man at the bounce, crazy girls everywhere to ass hands in the air so party over here checking for the man of the yeah oh met man of the yeah
0: met man at the tree Actually I'm surprised I don't know that like I that's that's something that my darling and beautiful wife seems like she would enjoy harassing me with listen her favorite thing in the world is to see me walking on the sidewalk and pull up next to me in her car move, bitch. get out
1: the way get out the way bitch.
0: get out I'm going to um move. do a lightning round right now like as I I could tell a long story about this one but all I'm going to say is at the Majesca Theater in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, on October 5th, 1992, they might be giants invited people to get up and polka, and the stage fell down. <laughs> Now listen, I I get it. It's a it's a novelty song sort of. But they might be giants is hands down like no debate like my favorite band of all time. So what happens is at, at the famous polka the ad hoc stage which had been hastily constructed collapsed, falls forward, all of a sudden the lights go out in the theater, ambulances come and while the band is trying to figure out what happened, somehow the band was far enough back that they didn't fall. But a stage full of reveling idiots collapsed to the <laughs> ground. But as the band is trying to figure it out, they play this incredible version of Istanbul, not Constantinople, that, that they've never played similarly. So if you're going to tell us a story about a Milwaukee band performing uh, not on a concrete stage this is the story to tell (laughs) nick on your porch
2: yes so the i had discovered this band the format by actually going to see a different band and they were an opener they played this song it was the first song they played and it just really really captured my imagination just a slow ballad kind of song and then shortly after that i met michelle And because I was super cool at the time, I liked to um, smoke these little cigars. So she was at the party the first night we met. We went out on the porch. We smoked a cigar. And it kind of was very reminiscent of the song that I had been listening to so much. It almost seemed like a sign. Um, I was
1: on your porch.
2: The smoke sank into my skin. So I
0: came inside to be with you. So, yep, I get it. <laughs> yep. It, there you it's go. Pretty, it's pretty on the nose. <laughs> yep. Aww. That's amazing. Nakenji is looking at Shake your Bum.
1: Shake your Bum Bum! <laughs> so this song is, so for Caribbean music, Mashal Matano is from um, Trinidad and Tobago. And carnival music is soca music. And we have a lot of crossovers with African music. I shouldn't say African, but I, can't. I don't want to say the wrong country, but we do a lot of crossovers, and then we did this crossover with Tamaya, who's the artist that's from Africa, and it's awesome, and every time I hear it, I think to myself, I just want to walk up in the car, like I'm walking up as I'm like grocery shopping, walking up is a form of dancing, and it just makes me feel like I'm in a party, like I'm back in the Caribbean, and like everybody's just walking up and whining, and it's awesome. No, I am make me- I said, wine not your bumper? No, 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 say, no, 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 remix, say, Why <laughs>
0: It's amazing because how you described it in the list you submitted to the show notes was for when i want to feel like i'm at a party
1: yeah i think what it <laughs>
0: and like yeah 1000 percent, very good oh
1: i just want to say yes to is from um, nigeria so he's a nigerian like there just to be push my niger people
0: Cool, cool, cool. Do you want to run down your remaining picks as a lightning round real quick, just to bring out your uh, dead kind of thing?
1: So there's Hurt by Johnny Cash, which is, again, another kind of placebo song running up that hill, which, if you listen to it, I think it's from Nine Inch Nails, the lyrics. Yep, yep. Then Good Time's Gonna Come is another sad song from Akalong that I discovered from the OC. The Great, D- great DJ by the Ting Ting's just makes me feel happy, like... Like, grinning happy, and I'm not really a grinning happy person.
2: I love Swoon, that song, too.
1: It's awesome. Swoon by the Chemical Brothers makes me feel like I'm high. So, like, I don't really <laughs> like that stuff, but the music makes me feel high. Plenty is, like, a, a soca song, so that makes me want to, like, walk up and wine and feel like I'm in a, party, a Caribbean party. That's my lightning round.
2: I just want to plug probably the song that I feel like... I think about most often and it makes me most emotional. It's by a Icelandic band called Sigur Rós.
1: I love them. I and, love almost every song by them.
2: Yeah. Yeah. My, my favorite song actually is off of it. It's translated to mean boat oar, but the song is called Arabatur. Batur. And um, I would recommend you listen to it, but rather than listening to it, I'd actually recommend you watch it on YouTube because there's a a live version of it that is just, that was filmed at Abbey Road that is just so, um, so emotional. So I'm going to drop that in the notes for y'all.
1: And as an added bonus, Hoppy Pola.
2: Yes. Yeah, that song is awesome. It is awesome
0: list of stuff that didn't make the cut because the stories weren't as good i love the pixies not the new pixies not the yeah. pixies that record bands now but the original pixies in particular wave of mutilation is just like that was a seminal story in my angry teenage years prince in the revolution specifically purple rain like yes. That make me cry like a baby and my dad cry like a baby any moment the Wizard, which is the first track off of Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath. The whole of the that album is just incredible in the genre of Tolkien rock. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, yeah, just, right. it's just, it's so good. I really like the band Ghost. That's a, a story for another day. And I think that the greatest second half of any album ever made is the B side of Abbey Road specifically starting with She Came In Through the Bathroom Window? This is like the anti-single. If I play She Came In Through the Bathroom Window off of Abbey Road, I will listen to the rest of the album every time because it is, <laughs> it is hands down the best, most, I mean, and totally overrated, but has earned it half. Of the best album probably ever recorded. <laughs> like, so I know I'm not breaking any new ground by picking the Beatles, but <laughs> I just, She Came In Through the Bathroom Window is oh so God. good. She Came in Through the Bathroom Window. And then my all time favorite record that I still have is the Ghostbusters soundtrack album, the original soundtrack album from the Ghostbusters, not the remastered score but sure. the actual original with the Ray Parker jr song and a bunch of other dumb songs. And then the occasional little bit of scoring uh, that was on it, that um, soundtrack, like I came to love everything on it and I was in fifth grade. So I, I kind of like was pretty, <laughs> pretty malleable. And also, as we know, the children have terrible taste, yes. but, <laughs> but what it did and does and continues to do is really open the door for what nakenji touched on which i think is a great place to slide into so what did we learn this week on it will probably be okay we learned among other things that the soundtrack album is a legit way to avoid buying entire albums of shitty music (laughs) it's a hack It's a hack, a hack. And the truth be told, we also learned that to Nakenji, she needs us to know that walking up is a form of dancing.
1: Walking up. Walk, walk, walk. W-K-K.
0: Okay. Walking up. Walking up is a form of dancing, which I appreciate because as, our, as, as someone who needs to be handheld into new cultures, like, I don't think we did much walking here in Jefferson no. County. <laughs> Probably not. In the, not. <laughs> Nick taught us that it's okay if music is on the nose as long as it's sweet and sad enough. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And, and then at the end of the day, the magic of having every song ever recorded or at least a shitty karaoke cover available at your fingertips on your telephone, has created a world where music discovery is no longer limited to the garbage that you can tune in on your Hello Kitty clock radio. Yeah. Uh. And because of that, even today I am exposed to new music that I would have never found before, not only through the recommendations of friends, but Because the robots who are in charge of our tastes have a finely honed sense of what we are into better than we could ever know. (laughs) And if we just lay back,
2: (laughs) relax,
0: and spread our smiles, it will probably be okay.
2: Woo! Thanks, Robots.
0: I wanted to build that into the ending about Spotify because Spotify is amazing. And I'm glad you said that, Nakenji, because like Apple music didn't do it for me. No. no. And Gaia kept saying like, can we please get Spotify? And I'm like, well, (laughs) and I'm like, why don't we try? What's the one that Jay-Z owns? Oh, (laughs) title, title. Why don't we try title? And she's like, what are you kidding?
2: Okay.